0: If you're listening, whoa. You are listening to The Takedown Notice Recorded on Google Hangouts And hosted on Podbean.com
1: Welcome to The Takedown Notice The only music podcast dedicated to Patriots quarterback Tom Brady My name is Nate Owens I'm joining you from Olathe, Kansas I'm joined by John Van Valkenburg in Grove City, Ohio What's up, uh, Ryan Steiner in Seattle, Washington. Hello. And Aaron Van Valkenburg in Rochester, New York. Oh And so here we are, gentlemen. We are here to talk about an album that John picked for us, Futures by Jimmy Eat World. Futures by Jimmy. World. 2004's Futures by Jimmy Eat World, um, and we will discuss it forthwith. But before that. I want to know, guys, what music you guys have been listening to lately. Fill me in. I'm dying. The, than, I'm dying to learn.
2: Other than nonstop Frozen for my daughter. Oh, that's um, cute.
3: Do you want to build a snowman? Exactly. Yeah. That, <laughs> Do you, John? That and a lot of
2: uh, let It go. Always. Um, but uh, no, I've actually been listening to a lot of Phil Collins. Ooh.
4: Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. Oh, oh easy easy <laughs> Groovy kind of love. No, let me tell you something. Between my wife, Melody, and I, Phil Collins is like our stand in. Uh, roll our eyes. Oh, it's a Phil Collins. Like, or if something sounds really bland, we're like, oh, that sounds like Phil Collins. So that's like our stand in for just bland and boring music. Mostly based off of the, uh, soundtrack to the Disney animated film Tarzan for which <laughs> you'll we're be not huge heart. fans
1: all of the Phil Collins songs I know are on that movie <laughs> that is Susu Studio that's so not true now, guys, you, you, there's a terrible song called Groovy Kind of Love which
3: is just terrible
4: and the music video is worse just go listen to it <laughs> it's just terrible you said it's, it's awful. awful go listen to it you'll hate it
1: Let's go ahead and replace anywhere. episode four of the Takedown Notice mm-hmm. with just a live stream of that music video <laughs> and just loop it for an hour and see if anyone notices. We might not have enough fans yet. We'll find out. Don't think so. Yeah. John, anyway. I'm sorry. We interrupted you. Phil Collins. Yes. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, just I've been doing what are the lot crappy
3: of... music you've been listening to? <laughs> <laughs> a
2: lot of 80s pop, actually. So –
1: that's not bad, though. You could yeah, do a lot worse right. than some 80s pop. You could do a lot better than some other 80s pop, but, you know.
2: Yep. Cool. Let's see what else is on there. Some, uh, of course, Genesis because of Phil Collins. Uh, sure. Some Dire Straits. Pop, meantime, some good stuff there. Anyway. I
1: the cool. Sure, I'll um, go. Aaron, how about you? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I, I've been into – like, I'm with John. 70s, 80s pop is good. Um, Fleetwood Mac rumors album. Been
1: really into that. It's that's a classic. big album,
3: classic,
1: classic yeah. album, um, So, and then the, also, I believe that's one of the highest-selling albums of all time. It is.
3: And also up there, Michael Jackson, Off the Wall. Um,
1: Aaron, no joke. I almost picked a, a song from that album in our last part? episode. Uh, working day and night. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Dude, Michael is. Jackson, his that's that album is awesome.
1: That album, awesome Thriller, ones, are too. are basically my my son. I think he would listen to those. He would listen to Thriller, uh, Daft Punk's Random Access Memories, and lately he's been into the Beatles a lot. But he really loves Michael Jackson, and he really loves Thriller, especially. I'm I'm more of an off the wall guy, but those those two albums are unreal. <laughs> it's that's ridiculous. Just, yeah. My uh,
2: daughter loves ZZ Top.
1: Hey, ZZ Top is that's it's a little a little trashy for a little girl, but whatever, man.
2: <laughs> you know? Sharp Man is one of her favorite songs.
1: Well, a every girl others. is crazy about them. I keep hearing.
3: A couple others, I think, in the 80s theme, uh, Toto.
1: Oh! Do you guys know Toto?
3: Yeah, they yeah, did yeah, a James Bond theme, the I think. Uh, Toto's good
1: and uh... didn't wait. Hold on, Toto did the music to the Dune movie the David Lynch what? Dune movie, which is a horrible,
2: horrible movie.
0: Dune, a world beyond your experience, beyond your imagination.
1: It is. It's almost unwatchable, and I say that as someone who really likes the book. The movie, it's like, oh, that's a cool idea. but doesn't I make still it have not sense. watched Children of Dune. That's a, the that's a sci-fi miniseries. Yeah, the weird. miniseries, which I was told is really good, actually. Uh, it, it wasn't good either but it was good for different it, it was bad for different reasons okay <laughs> yeah we could talk about the 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 shoddy dune adaptations all day though um, or the at least which one is
2: the most shoddy
1: yes at, at least at least for 10 minutes or so but we have other music that Aaron's been listening to yeah toto, I guess, toto and then finally the completely
3: different area more uh unheard of bands uh shovels and rope is a kind of a new kind of country blues. Uh, kind of roots rock. John introduced me to the milk cart kids, so I keep you listening to
0: them. The earth would shake for me once more. I want to see the skylight
4: up over this city, left for poor.
1: They're good, very cool. Ryan, how about you, man? Uh,
4: mostly, lately, a lot of my music I've been listening to has been at the gym, so I alternate between Yeezus by Mr. Kanye West.
0: For my theme song, black. my leather black jeans song,
4: black. My and uh, also Girl Talks, Feed the Animals. really close to picking Feed the Animals to talk about for our next album, because it's it's kind of insane in all the great ways, um, but it's an album that I listen to, and it's like adrenaline, you know, it, it gets me pumped, like a few other things do, it, it just doesn't stop for 50 minutes, um, it's pretty pretty intense. Oh,
0: what you know about me, what you, what you know about me?
4: but mostly it's been things that will get me roided out at the gym.
1: You know, so. I, I actually like Jesus is the first Kanye West album. I've heard that I'm not, I'm not particularly wild about. <laughs> and I think, it's the I, first I've, I've only, album. It, yeah, you know, I, I really like his first two. I like college dropout and, um, uh, late registration a lot. And I've not heard graduation more than a couple of times, but I also really like my beautiful dark twisted. Those are, those are good albums. Um, Jesus is is a little i i heard a, a stronger dubstep influence when i heard it i, mean it. I don't I mean it.
0: love You're
1: wrong with some dubstep i i don't love dubstep so i have a little more skronk than i wanted to i wanted to deal with maybe I, i've only heard it all the way through once I, i've heard the some big Skrillex. song a couple of times yeah oh geez don't don't come peddling <laughs> that crap around here <laughs> give me my next single after, no, uh, after I, yeah I it think, would be
4: i think with yeezus like i really have to listen to it at the i can't listen to it anywhere else because it's just too like you know it's it's kind of angry and it's kind of it's a very it's angry really one. it's really aggressive and it's really it's angry. very
1: aggressive it's super <laughs> filthy Killers, whispers, I <laughs> bite
0: neck is <ears>, hand legs yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's terrible
4: it's, it's filthy and e- uh,
1: even for hip-hop music it's like wow kanye so you can get a
3: shower after if you do it let's do after you take it yeah, so yeah, exactly. yeah yeah Jesus. <laughs> exactly
1: Jesus. yeah Jesus. exactly come on so it does I, have some great great stuff too um, and you know i will say one thing i really like the album and i wish every hip group did this it doesn't have any skits it's like 10 or 11 songs they're all actual songs and the album's over in like 40 minutes, which why haven't, why hasn't hip hop been, been doing that for much longer? I don't know. Um, there's probably some racial reason. I don't understand now, and I might've offended our, <laughs> our, all two of our black listeners. I'm sorry, guys. I don't understand why, why <laughs> hip hop albums have tons of skits. Yeah. You can email us at the takedown notice at gmail.com and tell me why hip hop albums have skits. So I've been listening to, um, okay this this says a lot about how i approach music i i almost pick out an artist that i'm interested in and i mine as deep into (laughs) their discography as i can get before i have to come up for air and i'm just starting to do that a little bit with bruce springsteen whom i've always kind of liked. you know i know some of his big stuff i've heard born to run a number of times that's a really good album Uh, but I got his, I don't think it's his newest one now. I think he has a, high, a newer one. But um, I got uh, Wrecking Ball from our library, and I've been listening to that a lot. Um, I almost picked a song from it. Uh, Jack of All Trades is a really good song. I'm a Jack of All Trades. And uh, I, I've been listening to that a lot, really enjoying it. Um, one I've been listening to, I, my favorite album of 2013 was Daft Punk's Random Access Memories. And I've been listening to their live album that they did before that uh it's called alive 2007 and that's a really great dance music live album and what's great about it is that they take so many different songs and they just kind of mash them up and layer them on top of each other and combine them and um just take different elements from different songs that they've done and they make it it's just one continuous you know 70 minute set and it's it's really intense and there's even there's some songs by them That i'm not wild about and you hear it on the live album and it's like oh wow that's clearly how it was meant to be and so i've been i've been into that a lot too that's a it's a very intense album again it's sort of a workout or driving kind of album i can't just sit there and groove on it because again it's a it's almost a kind of a sensory overload in terms of music but it's it's great i've been listening to that a lot so yeah all right guys well let's uh let's move on to the album We're going to be talking about today, Futures Futures, futures. by Jimmy World. John, I'll hand the mic over to you. Tell us why you picked uh, Futures and sort of what you're looking, uh, w- what you'd like to talk about with this one in particular.
2: This album, I think it probably is more of a emotional tie to it than anything else. I just had graduated college, was just kind of getting out into the real world um, when this was coming out. I really had fallen in love with You Meet World um, with their you know previous couple albums, Clarity and Bleed American. Um, this is a complete contrast to Bleed American in many ways. In some ways it's similar. Um, some of the tracks mimic some of the things from uh, from that album, but uh, I think uh, what made me go to this one is it has kind of my, uh, one of my favorite songs of all time, which is 23. is of course very jimmy Eat world world-esque um uh, and that it's like seven minutes long and you know is very um you know for the hip kids today explosions in the sky and things like that-esque um you know it should be stripped down to no no vocals and be behind some sort of espn documentary but uh i i'm, I'm big fan of Jimmy World. I've been to multiple concerts, own all their albums, um, even the most recent one, which is not that great. So, yeah, it's it has my favorite track, and it's my favorite album. Um, so that's,
3: that's where I went with it. There you go. Yeah, first time, a couple times I listened to this, I think my initial thought was I categorized it immediately. Oh, it's that kind of thing. And it's kind of an emo, kind of a it's kind of a pop kind of emo in a way, like pop rock emo, you know, kind of thing. Didn't and, and it kind of filled out this generic poppy emo thing for me. And and so I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool, whatever. But then I kept listening to it. And it's just it to me, uh with without knowing a lot of emo, I guess, I definitely really, really like the album. And I kind of what was initially a generic thing was just my ears adjusting to all the good stuff that's actually going on that I just took for granted the whole t- first couple listens. This is the kind of album now that I, I listen to regularly and just enjoy listening to the whole thing. I mean it's just it's really just and I, I think I enjoy the harmonies, the you know vocal harmonies and I like singing along with that and so on but it's just really well done even though initially my initial listen was, oh, this is just kind of standard whatever I imagined emo to be, poppy kind of emo, but I, I think it's just better than that. And uh, so that. Yeah, Jimmy World's kind of tried
2: to escape from the emo label, but I mean, they are kind of the band that arrived at the top of the emo scrum. I mean, there's bands like um, Sense Field.
0: Um,
2: Taking Back Sunday. some of those bands and you know, some of them are more hardcore. Some of them are more, um, melodic,
3: right. um, right. And, emo core.
2: Yeah, yeah. And they've, you know, they've kind of been the one, the most commercially appealing, um, of all of the bands that have kind of survived. But then also I, in my personal opinion, the writing of Jim, his lyrics is one of the things that has set him apart in that he writes very accessible lyrics and you know quite honestly you know rel- rather blunt sometimes
1: yeah you know my my own experience with jimmy Eat world I, I i got i also got into them around the time bleed american came out uh, maybe the summer after um to the extent that i still listen to jimmy Eat world which isn't as much as i used to to the extent i still listen to them it's entirely from bleed american and futures and i like futures more um john i'm like you i remember when this album came out, i you know Aaron and I were roommates in college. And I got this album. Aaron, you probably heard it at some point while we were living together because I played it a lot at the time. Um, it's it, it's aged really well for me. Now, I don't... I'm not really in a Jimmy Eat World kind of place in my life anymore. And I think that transition actually happened after Futures, before Chase This Light, because I've, I've really tried to listen to Chase This Light. And that album is sonic mush to me. It, it doesn't... Nothing stands out. It just is one sort of... You know, ge- generally pleasant pop punk kind of thing, and then I'm and then it's gone completely off into the ether. Um, but Futures was sort of what I really anchored onto. I mean, I know Ryan has something different to say about this, but I think it's a much more interesting album than Bleed American because I think the lyrical themes are what stand out to me. It's a little more transgressive. There's a lot more discussion on substance abuse, sexuality. Um, it's it, you know it's done in fairly tasteful ways. And so I don't, I don't think it's, that's a bad thing, but it, it just seems very much obsessed with doing something right now, whether or not it's a bad idea. I think of the second song, Just Tonight. You know, it's, it's that that's sort of, I'm never gonna do this again, like waking up from a hangover or something and like, oh, I'm never gonna do that again until next weekend when you do it again. And that song has, you know, I taste you all over my teeth uh is in that song so there's a, a definite a very sensual overtone to that and the other song is it takes uh, pain it takes my pain away just that idea of um something to kind of numb that that pain and that hurt is it midnight drive or night drive the second one, yeah night driving that song is that's basically, I mean, you know, Meatloaf did paradise by the dashboard light. <laughs> this is like a tasteful version of that. I mean, you know, it's it's a and it's not in a it's a it's a little sexy sounding, but it's also kind of menacing.
0: Lay it back, baby, and we'll do this right. There's blankets in the back we can
1: use. Um yeah, it's a little that, rapey. Yeah, it is. Like so, a, no, and, and, and not in like a oh, this is cool, but in sort of a in a sort of a dark place yeah, kind of thing there. Yeah, intentionally. Yeah, I think that's a, a just another good indication. It, they seemed after *Bleed the American*. They seemed a little chaste, and not in a bad way, but just in a way that's a little bit um, harmless. I guess is a good way to think about it. But when you when they came up with, with Futures, that was a little surprise. And I think that's what's given the album a little more staying power for me. Yeah. I, I You're right. You're right that the, the production, it's very polished. Um, and while some, some people might say that that's like, oh, they're selling out kind of thing. You know, you know it's not like Jimmy Eat World. They were they were awfully poppy to begin with, especially on Bleed American. So if Bleed American was going to be, I mean, that that's basically a slightly less produced, <clears throat> equally as accessible album. If anything, that one has some more standout singles. But this one, I mean, it's it's polished really, really brightly. It's got a very, um, very clean sound to it. Even like the very first song, "Futures," the title track is really heavy sounding, but it's a really clean kind of heavy. It's, it's a almost heavy. Yeah, well, it's almost it almost reminded me a little bit like when you when you hear uh, Nirvana's first album, "Bleach." And then you hear Nevermind. You can tell that uh, Nevermind is like, oh, this is, it's way cleaner. It's been, it's been polished way, way higher. And um, you can tell, and it's not like, it's, it's not bad or better or anything. It's just different. And it it's a. Uh, in, in this case, I think it's entirely appropriate. I don't think it loses something in the in the transition. Now, I think some of their later stuff. I think you can overdo that kind of production. Maybe that's where some of the later stuff lost me. But I I really do think it's just not like I I got this album and Bleed American at the right time, and really latched onto them. And they they've aged well with me, and nothing else really has for them. I I have clarity. I have, I don't think I've listened to it in 10 years. It's been ages. So.
2: Yeah, Clarity and Static Prevails are completely different albums.
1: Static can, Prevails did nothing for me. I've, well, I've and heard that. Static
2: Prevails is kind of like their origins. That's the emo core, um, you know, it's almost the screamo in a lot of ways. And that's kind of where they started. That's where they got, you know, kind of found. Uh, and then Clarity was their more, you know, um, concerts i'm an indie star you know people were singing for me this is heaven and just you know oh this is amazing this is a great this is the next upcoming thing and then you know the smash hit that was bleed american and actually jim atkins was really upset about the success of bleed american ironically um and i think that's also why there's such a shift away from that style um and style of production in futures because he he didn't know how to handle it and he did not want he didn't want jimmy world to be a trendy band he wanted them to be you know a you know he wanted to be an artist
4: which is and- so funny to me because I don't get that sense in futures at all like to me it just sounds really polished and boring like I-, I like it fine and when I'm listening to it I think oh this is good but then afterwards like I don't remember any of it oh, it really? just goes in one year wow. and out the other like I'll remember futures I think that's a pretty pretty singable tune and pain, it takes my pain away. It's alive
1: kind of but everything work, work else work is just, another song that always stands out to me. I really like work. That's a that's a good
0: song. never okay to mix
4: Yeah, and when I'm in it, it's fine. But nothing in it stands out to me like any like the first, especially the first four songs in Bleed American, that are all outstanding. I
1: think oh the opening four songs to Bleed American. There's very few albums the that Torda start Force, that yeah. strong. Yeah. Um, the other one, I the other only other album I can think of that starts that strong in terms of just wow, all the singles are from the first four songs. Is uh, all that you can't leave behind by U2. So Where literally the first four songs are all the four singles and it's like wow you just hear everything amazing on this album right away um, nothing left to lose is kind of like that i think with foo fighters as well yeah well,
3: yeah I think this this album to me at least uh, the singles i mean pain is good but like uh, to me like i don't know if you like drugs or me But like, I thought that is a, it's not a single at all, but like that combination of pain to Drugs drugs For Me is like a great moment in the album that's nothing to do with, you know, is it a good single or something.
1: Yeah, I I think what do you Drugs think? Are Me. I, I don't love Drugs Are Me. That's probably my least favorite song on the album. I it's, Really? Yeah, and, and I think it's because it's kind of ham-fisted. I, it feels like I, you know, I think... Here's the thing about emo music and I I, I want to come back to this topic of the genre of emo because it's going to need some definition for me. I'm, I, I, I'm yeah, exactly. And I, which is what what I think why I think it's kind of a non-genre to be honest. But but to to say this, I mean when you get there's a certain amount of obliqueness you need with really moody kind of lyrics and that one is just kind of too direct. I I think I think it sounds kind of saccharine and over like that that's a situation with a really polished production is is too much it, it sounds a little sappy well in that little... song
2: and night drive are both about um his uh either i think it was a girlfriend that had a drug problem and a drinking problem yeah uh, and so that's what those are both about
1: um yeah i so that i mean that song now now thematically coming after pain that makes sense but i don't i don't really care for for the song very much. like To me, that's kind of where it, it's sort of, it, it, it almost has to recover a little bit. Um, the song right after it I'm is. First, Polaris. Yeah, um, that, that one is a little, that one is still like, I'm coming off of that buzzkill of Drugs Are Me. And then once it gets back into uh, N- Nothing Wrong, and Nothing Wrong isn't a terrific song. It's mostly just loud and pummeling. Right. Done it's not super tuneful. But that one kind of wakes me up and gets me back on the last two songs. Um, but yeah, Drugs yeah. Are Me did, it does not do much for me at all.
3: Well, this is interesting because for me, one of the best parts of the album was pain into Drugs or Me, those two right there. The worst part of the album for you was one of my favorite parts, uh, which and is they, interesting. And they flow
2: together. I mean, that was, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they do. Oh, yeah,
3: they do. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> uh, and actually, when you said that very clean production with Drugs or Me. It's and it is, and you can hear everything clearly. But there's also this, the uh, kind of feedback sound that is always through it. I think is, um, it's clean production, but it's also kind of a, the whole song is kind of layered. Has this this film above it? it, You know, it
2: feels kind of cloudy-headed.
3: Yeah, I I just think uh, the way they did that, I mean, and maybe it's, I haven't listened to enough music that does that more creatively or something. I don't know. I don't know. But like, I thought that was, uh, to me, that those songs went together really well. And so maybe as a track, Drugs or Me, do I like it? No, not really. But I love how it works in the album.
1: Um, yeah, if that makes I, sense. I, I can see that I, I think it's mostly just a little uh, o- overwrought to me mm-hmm. um, and you know, I think the other thing is now the songs I do like I really like uh, that that cycle from work to the world you love um, I really like work, work is the big single I like kill a lot and I the, and actually the world you love is my favorite song in the album I really love that lyric of we're only just as happy as everyone else seems to think we are We got into this in our first unreleased episode. We talked a little over that, this kind of post-millennial angst. Yeah, the secret episode that you will never hear. <laughs> we talked kind of about this post-millennial angst in connection with uh, helplessness blues by Fleet Foxes. And the world you love has not, I mean, it's it's a thematically a very different song, but that, that idea of, you know, we're only just as happy as everyone else seems to think we are. Um, this sort of like, I don't want to be alone. We just have to stick with this because the alternative is going through this by ourselves. Um, which, which feels like a very, a very, uh, millennial kind of concern to me. I don't know what you guys think of that, but that, that, song to me. And I think it's just the way it, um, I really like the chorus. It just has this real nice big soaring moment to it. And then I think when that one transitions right into pain, that's a really, a really gut punch kind of, kind of transition. So I like, I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean the work kill
2: world you love pain is definitely their strongest
1: section oh my, yeah, for that's singles.
2: Good. I mean that's where their singles came from. Work um, is great. I mean, they that that's where they got their their radio friendly stuff from. Um, yeah. As much as I love this album, I th- I do think drugs or me is the weak link in the entire album. Uh, between drugs or me or nothing wrong. Um, nothing wrong sucks.
1: You know, um, it, it, I, I don't think nothing wrong... I think nothing wrong... Mm-hmm. Again, I think thematically it's important in the sense that it just sort of... It's a wake-up yeah, it cleanser. Yeah, it gives the back end of the album yeah. some muscle, which it really could yeah. use. Yeah, that's um, true. And so... And also... I, it's, it's, not, it's not one that ends up on playlists, for sure. So I, Yeah, and if you're
2: thinking of it in like a story mode, you've kind of got Drugs for Me, it's all lethargic, and then Polaris to me sounds like you just are driving home on a morning after and it's cold outside and it's, you know, um, that's how that, that one always felt to me is it's a driving song, Polaris is. And then you get home and you realize, and then this is the denial, nothing wrong, night drive, you're doing it again. And I, I mean, 23 is disconnected in the whole album, in my opinion, but I also, I was 23 when the album came out. And so that's like the cheesy reason why it was one of my favorites right off the bat. And I mean, the lyrics again with it and it being released and hitting, it was the perfect timing. Jim Adkins wasn't 23 23 when it was released, but when it was released, it hit me as a 23 year old perfectly. Um, So I was the target audience um, for that song. Um,
1: Hey Ryan, I I, I wanted to ask you, you say that this nothing, nothing really stands out in this one for you. Now, How much of that do you think is related to when you heard the albums? I feel like in any kind of given album or song, if I listen to it enough, I'll eventually get to a point where I can at least appreciate it. Um, And sometimes once you get past that point, you end up really loving an album. And I think this one does take more effort than bleed American, considerably more effort. Part of that is because the songs aren't as varied stylistically. I think, I think bleed American is much more, there's just a lot more dynamic quality to how the songs play against each other.
4: It's hard to say. I mean, I came to bleed American when I was sophomore, freshman in college and I was stoked for futures to come out. I was really looking forward to it and was a little bit let down and I had gone back and listened to clarity and I loved clarity and I loved bleed American and then futures came out and I just didn't, it just didn't connect and and it's interesting, you know, kind of thinking about it more. It doesn't really hit any emotional notes for me, whereas I, I just feel like this album is sitting beside a like really calm lake on a warm summer day, you know it's just. It's cool. It's fine, but there's nothing. It doesn't doesn't really move anything in me. But like, I listened to Bleed American. I listened to this. I went for a walk uh, the first time I listened to this. I probably listened to it three or four times since our last time. And I went for a walk and I listened to Futures, and then I immediately listened to Bleed American afterwards. And it was like a night and day difference. I felt like I was. I had this whole spectrum of feels from Bleed American that I just didn't that. Futures didn't inspire in me, and I don't know if – I think it has to do a lot with kind of the production. Uh, I just keeps me at a distance, whereas Bleed American is just seems really raw to me or a lot more raw and more just kind of diving into it, whereas Futures feels calculated. It feels uh. very much intentional – that's what my problem with drugs or me really is that it feels calculated. Like I want you to feel this way right now.
1: That's it's, a, I, that, that's, that's a really good way of stating my own feelings on drugs or me as well. That's a, it's, it's a little manipulative.
4: Yeah. Um, and so it's trying to do those things, it, but it doesn't capture it for me. Uh, I reckon, I think it's good musically. Like when I'm listening to it, especially like you just mentioned that work kill the world you love pain, like that's a good quartet of songs but even as we were talking about it i had to go back and listen to them because i forgot what they sounded like they just don't they just don't stick to me at all um, but when i listen to it it's fine but nothing nothing stays not like not like the sweetness or praise chorus um or lucky yeah. denver mint from clarity like none mm-hmm. those songs all i can just live in <clears throat> nothing here uh, has that See, and that may also be a
2: huge difference between us because, like, my favorite songs on Bleed American are, like, Hear You Me and uh, If You Don't, Don't. Those are, like,
1: two of my favorite
2: songs on um on that one
1: um get it I, faster get it faster is the best song on bleed american i love that song the sweetness is but the thing another, another <laughs> you're thing, wrong but let's go you're wrong. but the, the other
4: thing that works for me for bleed america is i feel like again i talk about texture a lot because that's kind of that's something i i think about but a lot of variety to it you know i think bleed american has a, a bit more of an ebb and flow than what futures does, where futures all kinds is is very placid all the way through. I feel like Bleed American has more ups and downs to it, so that the highs feel higher and the lows feel lower. I would say
2: Bleed American is summer parties, and futures for me is cold winter, and you know just that. At least that's how I feel. I, I can feel see that. that um, it's like partying and summer fun and things like that, summer problems. And um, again, probably because of its release time and what was going on with me, I was making lots of stupid choices and stuff uh, when it was coming out that that's I feel like I identify with like the winter, like this time where it's cold and you're like, I hate the world because it's so cold. And you know, even thematically, the world's cold, you know, kind of thing. Um, that, that, I, that, that, that is brewing. a
1: uniquely – it's a uniquely post-college kind of situation. I don't think I ever felt more directionless in my life than immediately after college.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly when this album hit for me. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. All right, okay, I want to come to something here because we've been using this term emo, and in my head, emo is one of these words where it's like, what do we even mean by that as a genre? I'm going to tell you guys what I mean by it when I hear it and why I think it's meaningless. To me, it's entirely a sort of, well, not entirely, it's a, it's a sort of punk-ish kind of moody atmospheric sound, but with emotive lyrics. So to me, like the main the main key I hear in it is mostly a lyrical distinction, which to me is not a genre. You know, that's like saying, oh, what what is what is Christian music? Well, Christian music is the words are Christian. Well, not really. I mean, there's a there's a far cry between Christian rap and praise music. You know, I mean, so they, they have nothing in common aside from theme. And we're not talking about that kind of genre. And so I guess that's why it's always been a completely useless genre tag for me.
2: It's kind of ironic that you use Christian music as the uh, example yeah. for that, um, because I feel that one of the best ways to describe emo, um, if you want what people originally started with Hillsong is, United. is exactly
1: like... <laughs> it's Hillsong, yes. It's <laughs> Hillsong. Yeah, it's... it's,
2: it's Deriving the, the entirety of your substance and deriving the entirety of your success from just generating emotion without having to have a whole lot else. Um, you don't have to have a ton of skill. you know. And I say that in a respectful manner also because there's lots of emo air quotes bands out there that have lots of skill. Sometimes they just don't choose to use it. Um, and it's all, you know, it's all been very, it's to provoke an emotion. Now, again, that should be most music.
4: That should be like art. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, like I, I all guess... art should be driving for some emotive response. I, right, I, but I think more of like the,
2: um, ah, I guess again, the best example I can give is the modern praise and worship, where it's more style over
3: substance. Um, for me well Uh, I think the the track on here and again you all don't like this track Drugs Are Me is the closest to the stereotypical like build up uh, praise and worship sound. I mean, imagine Drugs or Me with the bridge <laughs> later. I know it's like, well, this would be Imagine outrageous. that in
1: your church with the pipe organ. <laughs> Guys, if you just replace Jesus with drugs, it totally works. Jesus. <laughs> Think about it.
3: But really, at the end, where there's the two lines going, take me, I need your help, and the, if only you could see, you know, that whole stuff. I mean, that's such a, you can imagine Hillsong covering that, right, and doing that with all the hands raised and so on. And so I agree um, that there's definitely this kind of Hillsong-leaning, Hillsong-united. This is interesting that I don't know I know the details. Yeah, of those, I,
1: I, I, I think we might have followed this comparison to praise music as far as it can logically take us. there is a There is an idea. It sounds almost like we're talking about music that's made with a certain mindset more than an actual stylistic genre. I I mean, is that am I reading you right there, John? I mean, you you're you're more familiar with it than I am. My my knowledge of it is limited to Jimmy World and then singles I've heard from guys like you know Taking Back Sunday, Dashboard Confessional, Yellow Card. all, all these guys who right. I've heard had emo applied to them at some point, and to me they just kind of sound like pop punk, you know, and and in a, and in a sort of unless I commit to it, kind of a bland way, you know. I think I think the different And you named
2: basically all the bands that I was going to name as good examples of what people call uh, emo, Um, especially Dashboard Confessional. I think that was, you know, at the the time, that was like the essential definition of what people considered emo. I do think that part of it is probably just and this is going to sound really weird, the amount of popularity in the mainstream. Maybe so. Um, and I know that that's a, an unfair way to put it, but I mean, people would say, and I've seen on message boards that Jimmy Eat World's static prevails and clarity are more emo than uh, bleed American and uh, their more recent albums for basically the only reason is that the other ones were more popular they had more commercial appeal
1: which, well and, and again and some it's
2: ex- a misnomer it's a stupid it's a stupid term to apply to a
1: genre right and and to some extent fans of a <clears throat> fans who are really into one genre they like to parse out when someone stopped being that genre and they almost always draw the line at when they became famous like weezer um Weezer, I mean, Weezer has their own lines that they crossed, but, (laughs) um, you know, I've I've gotten that a lot with Daft Punk because the new Daft Punk album is much more strongly influenced by 70s disco than their older stuff, which is much more electronic and much more dance club kind of sound. And there's a lot of things that people are saying, Oh, they're not dance music anymore. Well, it is, it's just seventies dance music. And, you know, and so, so but it, yeah, exactly. But that's, and that's when you start getting the word sell out, which is the most infuriating phrase to me because it's, it's all it's saying is they got success. Famous. Yeah. it, it mean, it means they aren't my thing anymore. And that's weird. you know, we're all in our thirties. We're way past that as, as music fans now, I hope I'm I know, not. I know guys older than me who aren't, but I'm not, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, you even, you you got that with Metallica a lot too. No, yeah. I black mean, albums. Yeah. And so. black album and black albums, really their last good album. I've, I haven't heard all of death magnetic, but you know, I mean, that's like Metallica died. It was dead to me when they killed Napster. that was that was what it was i think they'd already been dead for a while at that point if you ask me but uh, but you know the whole thing is oh are they still are they still metal i mean it's not even they 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 pretty clearly aren't thrash metal by the time they get around to the black album but it's still metal and but there's I, i i read something on reddit the other day that was like oh is metallica still metal can we call that metal and someone made the point of like that's what most people will think of as metal and it is therefore metal you know, it's like if the the genre is not a platonic ideal and then everything else follows it, the genre is created by the stuff that exists in that genre already. So if someone says this is meant to be influenced by this, then that's the direction that pushes it. It may not be a good direction or an interesting direction. but And so I, I guess that's – genre fans will do that all the time. They will – always try to find where the cutoff point is to where it's still their thing and no one else's so
3: one well, and, and rarely with, with any genre i mean so email emo this is a conversation about emo but i mean almost all genres maybe not bluegrass because bluegrass was very self consciously started with like bill monroe and so on but a lot of uh Metal. I mean, when did metal start? Was Ozzy metal, or did it emerge with Judas Priest and or Zeppelin like, I mean, stuff. To go back stuff?
1: was further. Zeppelin
3: metal, or are they just proto-metal, or do we even call it that? Because was it proto? Was it really that at the time, or we, you know, <laughs> sounds like a transformer. And so I think um, the, the best, problem... most
1: rockinest transformer of them all. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: the pro... I mean, it seems like the 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 names carry a lot of like, you know. Weight,
4: symbolic weight. Well, just genre as a f- cultural thing is really sure. squirrely, and you get that in any medium, in literature or art, visual arts. I mean, yeah. anything. You have these weird discussions about genre because it's so informed by the cultural norms that you don't have a convention to decide on that just kind of emerges more and more art gets made. So yeah,
1: it's always going to be. Yeah, I mean, kind the, of the a, whole a the whole reason genre is all about- thing. Yeah, it is. Genre is all about expectations. It's about – you You almost use it as a way before you come to that kind of music to say, okay, oh, this Jimmy Eat World is an emo band. Whoa, you have a series of expectations now about what Jimmy Eat World is. It may or may not conform to exactly what you said, and then maybe your expectations are adjusted. But that's – I mean that's that's really why they exist. And I, I guess specifically because I, I – when I got into Jimmy Eat World, it was as a – you know, they, they were – yeah, they kind of had this label of emo. And emo is weird because it's – as much a lifestyle, like it's sort of a goth kind of thing, you know, there's a specific Gothic rock oh. kind of thing, but there's a goth look too. And there was an emo look there for a while. I don't think kids, yes. kids these days still really do it in the same way, but you know, the kind of floppy hair type pants, kind of mopey, you know, and it's, and, and people didn't really dress like that. You know, it's just, it's like the stereotypical, Oh, uh, you know, cheer up emo kid kind of thing. And I guess that that's why I, I mean, we're kind of using the term a lot, but it's a little it, it's it's loaded and not and not really you know, and I, I guess to some extent genre will always fall short when we're talking about this kind of thing. So I guess I just wanted to kinda of pick you guys' brain on that. Yeah, and to see me what it's the thought. most
2: annoying of all of the labels. <laughs> um, because Dashboard Conventional to me is singer songwriter. Jimmy hmm. World is, you know, pop rock. Um, maybe a little bit of progressive pop rock. I don't know what you would Aaron, you would probably be able to classify it a little bit better than that.
3: Well, I mean, some of the purists uh, of emo, whatever that is, but whoever the defenders of emo as a label kind of called Jimmy Eat World some of their stuff in the mid 2000s as like quote unquote mall emo, just kind of this, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like a slam. Biggest yeah. Yeah, right. You
1: know, so I, like, I, I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, I I wonder if there's kind of a, when you're talking about, if the objective is to generate as much emotive response as you can, I wonder if the perception is, and this is me from the outside, I don't know, but I wonder if the perception is the more stuff you throw on top of that, uh, be it fame, production, uh, album sales, anything like that, I mean album sales, it, it, that sounds silly, but the more of that that there is, the more of that gets in the way of just that sort of raw, untapped um, emotional experience. Because if you're looking for a certain purity within that, anything you threw in there that would temper that would immediately make it less pure.
2: Right. You're doing it for the money now, for the contract and for the producer. Well, otherwise you're known as, you know, living homeless. So, yeah. you know, and your music never gets heard by anybody because, and, and that's the thing, again, that's the most frustrating thing about the, the emo label. And honestly, it's hard to label a lot of music anymore because there's yeah, so many crossbreeds.
1: Well, and it's right. not just crossbreeds; it's new genres being created. You know, it's not—it's not helpful. It might not be helpful to use genres that were created even as recently as 10 right. or 20 years ago. You know, it might not be a thing anymore. It might now be—it's um, something new and it's kind of got a new spin on it. And so that's kind of how a look. Like dubstep. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, dubstep wasn't a thing 10 years ago, as far as I know. I mean, certainly, okay, that's not true. Certainly, it wasn't a popular idea correct of this is of this is what we think of as dubstep you and know? probably
2: the people who were not successful back there saying well those aren't true dubstep artists <laughs> I, <laughs> actually,
4: I actually i actually have read that exact... all the way down if, you're... Yeah, I have if read you have read go that back with exact exact anything. same thing
1: about skrillex yeah. i have read what? that they exact thing about skrillex.
3: skrillex is awesome now let me let me put forth just a challenge this idea that it's all kind of a wash in terms of nailing things down like i'm um, let's i didn't say that
2: no, okay, it's, it's getting
3: not. harder. It is harder, uh, but like this is an objective, but it might be something that we could consider. Like emo, kind of, there was this in '97, this like compilation album, the Emo Diaries. Okay, so this is an object. This is an object that says emo and labels things and it has bands like, oh, Matchbox, you know, Jimmy romance. Eat World. You know, Box Romance probably. And there have been like 11 of these. So since 1997, there's like rider. a decade of emo diaries, which includes like Jimmy Eat World and bands like Dashboard Professional or something like that. I don't know. Uh, and so like uh, what's one of the big uh, 90s? Uh, the Promise Ring or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So like, This band sounds awesome. (laughs) I know, I know. So, I mean, like, my question is, obviously, there's still negotiation of style and what's true and what's pure. But, like, that and in terms of record labels, I mean, the record industry is not stupid. They know in their own terms what is – and, you know, if you're on, you know, vagrant records, well, you're probably in a group that's kind of emo, you know, or something like that. Um or drive through records or something like that, you know, w- sometimes record labels and just compilations can help give us objective criteria that we can still challenge, but like at least help us draw lines. What do you think? Yeah. Emo
2: Diaries chapter one. I just found it on Spotify. <laughs> Literally the only band that is still like has made any sort of news is Jimmy world. Mm-hmm. I look at the other ones and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> pave the rocket rain still falls triple fast
4: action i mean guys we should have called our podcast rain still pave the rocket or maybe, i don't know there's too many good names here yeah. it's triple
1: fast action 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't making, know. I these, think... these poor bands are all listening to our to our podcast. They're gonna oh, feel hurt. Guys. They're, they're, they're gonna go write songs about it. Oh, <laughs> Google alert! Hmm, what's this? <laughs> this is some good new
4: material, though. I feel sad. Uh, what I was gonna say is, I, I think it's kind of interesting that you you have emo diaries, whatever it's called. Uh, sort of a manufactured attempt to just sort of make up what the genre is which happens to i don't know i, I just I, I agree with me to a degree like it's a really hard thing to pin down because there hasn't been like there here's here's what i'll say there hasn't really been a genre defining moment like there's no right. like emo band like there is you can point to tolkien and say that's fantasy you can point to um Elvis is a rock and roll.
3: Elvis Gasm. is a very fascinating science
4: fiction. Yeah, Elvis or the Beatles are a rock, you know. Like you can point to those things and say this is what it is. With emo, you can say like I guess dashboard confessionals probably. Yeah. Or like And even, even you get into some,
1: some subgenres like, oh, punk is defined well, of course it's defined by the Sex Pistols or the Ramones, or uh Grunge is defined by Nirvana or Pearl Nirvana, Nirvana. yeah you know, and so yeah, that's a that's a really good observation there, Ryan. I guess Jimmy Eat World's about as close as we got, but I don't think their reach was quite that far. They were successful, but they weren't, you know, Dude, super blockbuster. Yeah, it, it did well, and, and and I think they came at a time when you really didn't get super mega all, all, you know awesome successful anymore. By the time the middle came out, you know, you'd already had file sharing that had kind of eaten into that idea of a band really becoming that big and and you know genre you know bands just don't become that big unless they are really really trying that hard to do it it was the music so, video
4: man and M- yeah
2: mtv a bunch of scantily clad people running around at a party that's exactly what did that'll it do in it the
4: middle guys that's what we need more is naked people so dude you don't want to see this
1: nothing stopping me <laughs> yeah all right guys i went this through emo diaries audio. one through
2: four there are two bands that I have seen have produced an album after 2000.
1: You just aren't emo enough to have heard of them, John. Yeah, That's true. Right. I must not be street <laughs> enough. You are you are far too happy in your life <laughs> to have heard <laughs> of these Heard
2: of
4: all these groups. Get sadder, you dummy.
1: Yeah, the more depressed
2: I become, the more bands I recognize.
1: Right.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Strange. I, I I don't I didn't recognize this one yesterday. Uh okay well that was uh, that was a very long roundabout way of talking about genre but i guess it's it's a slippery thing especially when it applies to something like emo i uh do you guys have any other comments you want to bring up about futures by jimmy world or the or or the
4: american that's all i have to say uh not very helpful i'm sorry
1: i would disagree (laughs) although i i will say those are the only two albums by them i I really give any kind of credit to anymore i don't i do still love clarity yeah, clarity fails
2: is garbage to me in my opinion. Yeah. But there's not much on there I like.
1: Chase I This light. I, like, I really tried hard, but man, I didn't do I it. I do
2: like a couple songs on Chase the Light. Probably four of the songs, and actually, Invented. I, I was a I was a big fan. I didn't think I was gonna be, but I uh, I liked it. Um, so that's one I would probably check out. Um, there you go, everyone. Um, the new one is not fantastic
3: in my opinion. Yeah, I think for me, Futures, work, pain, into Drugs and Me. It's a context thing. And 23 were probably my favorite. So I, in a way, I, what I like about that is there weren't dead spots. And, and along the way, I like other things. But because I did like that whole middle section with pain into Drugs and Me, and uh, 23, I thought that's an, it's nice that you're not at a point of the album where you just skip for whatever reason and including that it's the front end is loaded with singles. You're tired of, for instance, thriller. You can't listen to the middle of the album, Michael Jackson's thriller. Cause you've heard tracks three through six, a yeah. million times, you know, seven you out of listen. nine
1: songs released a single. And so
3: you listen to the first couple tracks and you go to the end. Cause you're like, I'm not going to listen to Billie Jean, even though it's incredible because why would I've I bother 15,000 times? Right. And so yeah. what I like about this is it's spread out <laughs> and um, it and, and the album flows like that, so I like about Yeah, it
1: that. yeah I, I would I I would agree with that. My my highlights would be the whole cycle from work uh, on and to kill the world you love and ending with uh with pain. That's a that's a really just gangbusters sequence, I think. And I think that's I, I I think that's it. It comes at the right time. that gives the rest of the album some goodwill for me, somewhat dissipated by drugs or me, but. Still, I, I think in the end, I, I think it's awfully solid. And th- I think the fact for me that I got it when it came out in 2004, I'm still listening to it almost 10 years later. Not not all the time, but that's a that's a pretty good sign that it's had some longevity. So um, that would that that'd be where I would say. Well, Nate, uh, if you'd ever been on futures.
3: only you don't ever been just addicted to hardcore drugs, you'd understand this. <laughs>
1: <not>. That's true. <laughs> Man, I've missed, I, I haven't lived. I haven't done enough. You are, or or, Aaron, or, or you so know. if you'd had a girlfriend that was addicted to drugs. Guys, for our next
4: time, how about we all shoot some crank? <laughs>
1: let's see how <laughs> that. It let's see where it takes us.
4: Let's <laughs> see where it takes us and come back and reflect on drugs we all, or me and see all how miss, calculated <laughs> it really is. We all I'm miss the so <laughs>
1: scheduled uh, <laughs> scheduled podcast time. Hey, John, as the Olympic closing ceremony passes the torch – to the next selector of music i'm going to forcibly take the torch from you and hand it to ryan steiner because he's the next guy picking a an album Aww, for us to listen to by force by force yeah eat it punk or or if you're like russia you could have a big weeping bear
4: oh yeah i that, just punched that, you and took it from you sorry
1: Shed sheds a tear <laughs> while you while you hand off the torch we'll say it's like that we'll say that you're crying
2: it's a very email yeah. way to lose it, it that's very, exactly yeah.
1: right that's exactly right ryan what what album are we going to be listening to i'm super conflicted
4: i'm torn between uh janelle monet's excellent the archandroid or iron and wine's the shepherd's dog <gasps> uh, shepherd's dog. Shepherd's dog. yeah and i was gonna say for the sake of discussion i'm gonna go with the shepherd's dog It. but we'll probably do i'll probably do the
1: Android next i submit uh, that that electric lady is the better album
4: Ooh, i haven't listened to electric lady as much i like it but not as much uh,
1: you guys should know that janelle monae they're both is, excellent is both from amazing. right here in the kansas city area yeah. she's, from she's kansas amazing city, kansas
4: she is she's great hashtag so, janelle monae uh if you're listening on Twitter because she's great. Uh yeah. All general one A is great, so you should listen to it anyway. And I'll probably choose it for my next album. But for this time we'll do The Shepherd's Dog by Iron and Wine, which is my favorite album by Mr. Sean Beam. So give that one a listen.
1: all right folks, um we want you want to thank you for listening to us uh today. Thank you for listening to the takedown notice. Uh we encourage you we must have validation from you in the form of emails. Or we'll become depressed and email. We will. We will start writing depressing come songs. Over email, yeah.
2: We will. Ryan and will start liking futures.
1: That's exactly what will happen. And you don't want Ryan <laughs> to have things to say after the podcast is already over. You can email us at thetakedownnotice at gmail.com. The takedown notice is rendered in one word – as emails often are. Also want to encourage you to visit us at takedownnotice.podbean.com. That's our podcast website. I'm saying that because you will find links to Spotify playlists, to the songs that we have listed for our next episode, which is our singles episode uh, for the month of April. And then also for uh, the next album, uh, Iron and Wine, The Shepherd's Dog, that will be uh, in episode six next month. And once again, I'd like to thank you for listening to the takedown notice from all of us here. Keep listening, and uh, we will catch you the next time.